Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Inspired Mind Podcast with Ella Victoria. Hey everyone and welcome back. Today's episode is with Stephen and Jess from Flying the Nest and I absolutely adore their YouTube channel. They are travel vloggers. Obviously at the moment with COVID, they're not really able to travel overseas, but they're still managing to do really amazing adventures in Western Australia, which is where they live. And I've just been watching them for a really long time and it's been amazing to see them grow and just see everywhere they've traveled and also how their family has expanded. They actually have a little baby called Hunter and They are just the cutest little family. I know you guys are going to love them. I got along with them so well and I could literally sit and chat to them for hours because they're just so interesting and have so many stories to tell. And if you guys enjoy the stories that they tell in this podcast episode, then you have to go and check out their podcast. They recently started it and it's called Stories from Flying the Nest and they share stories from their travels and just stories that they've experienced together. So I know you guys are going to really like this episode. It's going to inspire you to travel. I know at the moment it's really hard to travel with COVID, but hopefully this episode will get you excited for the future and it will inspire you in multiple different ways. We talked about so many different things in this episode, including how they started and how they made money while they traveled. And they also shared lots of advice and tips for anyone who's potentially wanting to do the same thing in the future. But I also think you can apply their advice to different areas of your life as well. It just really inspired me to kind of take action and do the things that I want to do because these two people are such go-getters and you guys will be able to tell from this conversation. So without further ado, I really hope you enjoy this chat with Stephen and Jess and let's just get into it. Hey 
everyone. I'm so excited to be joined today with Stephen and Jess from Flying the Nest. I've been such a big fan of their YouTube channels for such a long time now, and I've just loved following along with their journey. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This is Jess's very first podcast appearance, I think. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm so excited to chat to you guys because honestly, I've just been watching your videos and now your podcast. And I just feel like I know so much about you guys already, but I'm so excited just to pick your brain and hear more. So first of all, I love to ask all of my guests what's been inspiring them lately since this is the Inspired Mind podcast. Can I say Christmas? <laughs> oh my God. Can Christmas be an inspiration? Literally for the last month, because of course, like we have never had a, a home before. This has kind of been our very first home and Jess has just been in full Christmas mode for the last is that something aspiring though? <laughs> yeah, it's motivating. It's something to look forward to. You're inspired by an exciting time. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like that's just been my day to day is just getting um, prepared and ready for Christmas. And yeah, you're so right. It gives you something to look forward to. I mean, we all need a bit of Christmas yeah. cheer in 2020. It's been one of those years. <laughs> I'm one of those people that notoriously celebrate Christmas probably too early. And I feel like this is the one year that I yeah. can get away with it without annoying everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same, actually. I love, love, love Christmas. And I actually started Christmas shopping the other week and getting gifts and everything. So I know it's going to be just crazy. And what about you, Stephen? What's been inspiring you? I mean, to be honest, at the moment is uh, parenthood, I would say. Because, um, yeah, we just had our first child, a little baby girl, Hunter, about four and a bit months ago. And, yeah, she's been just a new little addition, learning how to kind of cope with just this whole new experience has been really inspirational. I mean, Hunter's a great sport. She's so much fun to hang out with. And yeah, she's just inspiring me at the moment. And um... cute answer. <laughs> I love that. They're both cute answers. Like Christmas so, and babies. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what I'm going to say in the future as well. Although I already would be like babies. I love babies. Um, but my boyfriend, not so much. Oh, no. We'll have to bring Hunter over to so you can meet her when the borders decide to finally open because we're here in WA and we're not allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you guys did like an amazing road trip where you live, like literally – was it last week or something that you did it? You did like a surprise road trip for Stephen's birthday and it looked incredible. That's the thing. I'm like, if we're going to be stuck in a state, I'm kind of happy it's Western Australia because this place is awesome if you love adventures. Just last week, we went and swam with wild seals, swam with humpback whales. Swam with whale sharks. Yeah. I mean, dipped our like full bodies into natural hot springs. And this was just over the course of like five days. We saw a pink lake. We did. We saw a pink lake. Yeah, there's so that much to do amazing. here. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know all of those things were in Australia. That's so terrible when I think about it. I'm like, there's so much here that I'm not educated on. Yeah, and a lot of people <laughs> say that. Yeah, because like, I mean, when yeah. you are, you want to go see something new, you don't want to be like, oh, what did you do on your holiday? Oh, I traveled Australia. You want to be like, no, I went to France. I went to Croatia. You want to have those stories. Like people, it's totally understandable. It's the human nature, but... Luckily, you know, Australia is so beautiful and since we're probably not going anywhere anytime soon, it's, it's going to force us to finally all enjoy and experience our own country. I know. Well, I really want to come and visit Western Australia. So as soon as we can come, I will be there. But now tell us a bit about yourself. Who and what is Flying the Nest? Oh, well, Flying the Nest, I suppose, is myself, Stephen and Jessica, now Little Hunter. Um, yeah. We started about five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. 2015 we started. And um, we went and studied full 
time, like I am literally looking at my university degrees right now. I went and studied, you know, marketing, got a full-time job in marketing, just studied teaching, full-time job in teaching. And then we had all these pressures to settle down, have a baby, you know, buy a house, get into debt. And that just kind of freaked us out. We're like, uh, no, thank you. Let's just quit our dream job. We just studied four years for and book a one-way ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, And we started picking up a vlogging camera. And this was in 2015, 2015. I mean, YouTube was definitely not what it is back then. I mean, I think it's Mm. definitely more accepted now. People know what it is. But when we told our friends and family, hey, we're going to start picking up a vlogging camera. They're like, why? Like, huh? Like YouTube. I watch cat videos on YouTube. And then it's kind of just been like a five-year journey of um, trying to make Flying the Nest work. We love travel so much, so we decided to do a travel channel. So, yeah, we've fortunately been to over 70 countries over the last five years and had some absolutely incredible moments. And, yeah, I suppose we film our faces and put it on YouTube, very similar to yourself. And, yeah, I mean, this year has been interesting because we have a travel channel and (laughs) we can't travel. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I would say... That is pretty much flying the nest, like just a couple of Australians seeing the world and putting it on YouTube. And I love your story because you guys met when you were really young, right, as well. Mm-hmm. Like you were so yeah, 14 when yeah. we met and oh. then we um, all friends all through high school and then on graduation night on high school, we made it official and now we've been together for, it's about to come because it was on Halloween was when we got together. In so 2007. Oh, really? So, so it's 13? 13 years this year. Oh, Crazy. Wow. I oh, know. my gosh. And did you always, like, talk about traveling together? Was it something you'd always planned to do? Yeah, so actually my first ever flight ever was when I was 19 and we flew mm. to Queensland and Stephen was the one that made me go do it and I was so scared to go on the plane. And before that, Stephen oh, wow. was the one, yeah, Stephen was the one that would travel all the time. So he would go on adventures with his family that I had only really seen Australia. So I went on yeah. that flight and then that's when I got the travel bug. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. So then I started going on little trips with Stephen while we were studying. So we went to Bali, yeah. New Zealand, the Caribbean and America, ordering university. And then once mm. we graduated, we just kept going. That's like all we would spend our money on is travel. Like, I'm pretty sure we didn't go to Levers because I think Levers is happening right now because we wanted to work to save our money to go to Schoolies over. Oh, they call it Schoolies over East? Yeah, Yeah. so we didn't go to Schoolies. Instead, we saved our money and went on a trip to New Zealand. It was the first time we saw snow. Yeah, we've been addicted to travel for so long. (laughs) How old were you when you started doing it full time? So we were 24. Turning okay. 25. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. And then like, so how did it begin? You said you started in Queensland, you went over there and then like, did you straight away want to like start going to all these other places or did you work a lot and save up? Yeah. So we were, during that time was when we were at university. So, so Jess we was were, just yeah. making coffee. Yeah. I worked at like the cinema or city And at city the same beach. time we were studying our degrees. And then what we would yeah. do is whenever the big uni break would happen, we would use all the money we saved to go on a trip. And then during that mm. time, we actually did film little videos and they were little videos that we would show our family, but we oh, didn't put them on YouTube. That. Yeah. So that's another thing is like we were filming videos all the way back then. We just didn't know that you could put them on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find other travel vloggers at the time were like, oh, I want to do that? Or is it just something that happened very naturally? Yeah. So in the last year of our university, after we traveled quite a bit, we found a couple of people on YouTube doing travel videos. And that's when Stephen came and showed me. And he was like, look at all these people that are traveling and putting it on YouTube. And so that's why I think when we left to travel full time after university, 
we decided to pick up a, a video camera and try it ourselves. And it wasn't like with the goal yeah. of making money or for it to be a job. It was literally just for fun and also to show our parents we were still alive <laughs> on the other side of the world. That's why when you watch them, they're like four or five minute videos of our faces and we don't show you any of the place at all. No information. It's just like, hey, I'm eating a cheeseburger in, yeah, the in cheese Rome. Cake. I bet you look so little and cute. We haven't Aww. even watched them back. Oh, they're not cute. It's just us being so monotone because, like, of course, like, when we're you, nervous. We're nervous. <laughs> you're walking down the street and you're just like, yeah, we're going to the cheesecake factory. And we don't know how we're, how oh, to film, so I'm filming, like, half my face as well like, at the not time. Not focus. It, they're not that good. You don't need to go back and I feel and watch like them. you should do a video <laughs> reacting to them. I've said this to Steve and I was like, we need to. Because we've never really watched them back. Yeah. So... When did you realize that you could do it full time? Like how long were you traveling like full time to realize that you could do it as a full time job? Um, I think it was actually a blogger, not necessarily a YouTuber. I think a blogger was um, kind of showing that you can actually make money. I think we it didn't click that you could make money on YouTube. Mm. Maybe after our first year, we realized that this could potentially be a job because our goal for our first year was to travel for 365 days. Thankfully, we managed to do that. So when we got home... Just... I remember it was on the flight home. I was like crying because we were going home. Like I wasn't ready for it to end. <laughs> I know. And then I looked oh to Stephen God. and I was like, I think this is like what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love it so much. And then Stephen felt the same. So that's why we were like, you know what? We need to work hard and try and make Flying the Nest into a travel company basically where we could film videos and yeah. share the world with other people. And it took us three years before we made enough money to actually live off yeah we um i think in like our second year i think what the australian government calls poverty for like one person that was for two people like that's that's how how little money we were making in the second year we made like like two thousand dollars or something it was just nothing oh really yeah yeah um, so it took us three years to like start earning a little bit of an income. Um, and then we put all of that just back into travel. <gasps> yeah. What an adventure though, honestly. <laughs> I know, that's why it's so, so cool. worth it. I mean, yeah, so we had no money, but it was still the best experiences of our life. We were traveling full time. I mean, it was amazing. We didn't even care. We just wanted to be like, how do we make this work? And yeah, yeah. so happy it's it's worked out. And then you daily vlog, didn't you, to start off with? Mm-hmm. like. That's a lot of work to be traveling and daily vlogging. I mean, you you wake up in the morning and you start filming and then you're also traveling at the same time. I mean, traveling, amazing. Traveling is also exhausting. I mean, to go out like throughout the whole day, you're in the sun, you're walking a lot, you're doing activities and then you come home at like six, seven, eight o'clock at night and then I sit down to edit it till midnight, one in the morning rinse repeat the next day from 7 a.m and we did that for a year and a half a year and a half like almost like 500 500 days straight really that would have been so exhausting but also really good for your channel at the same time like i don't know it would have pushed it a little bit i'm sure like just posting every single day and being consistent yeah i think we didn't get a lot of people watching from doing that but it made steven practice a lot with editing it, yeah it didn't necessarily um like we didn't blow we didn't up blow i think up in our second year we had like less than ten thousand subscribers um which of course is a massive number but for all that effort to yeah. put into it um but at the same time it taught me how to edit properly film also it, taught me uh you know the skills like mentally to be able to <laughs> sit down and do this every single day and not only that it made us practice how to talk to a camera yes because i was mm. terrified at the beginning 
talking to a camera. It took me maybe two or three years to even get used to talking to a camera. Mm, oh, really? Yeah. yeah no, to be honest, same, when I look back at my old videos, I'm just like, how did you talk like that? I just shouted <laughs> at the camera. It's like I thought the microphone didn't pick me up. So it's just like, oh, it's terrible listening back to them. But it's very funny at the same time. But um, would you say that your content's evolved a lot over the years as well? Oh, it's so different. So different. I mean, yeah. for like the first three years, it was just me and Jess just filming our day. Like we would just go out and whatever we did, we filmed it. And we were like, oh, we just assumed people would watch it. I mean, they oh. didn't really. <laughs> so that's why we realized, oh, we're traveling to all these places. We should probably show like what we're eating and what mm. we're looking at and maybe some history behind what we're doing and then that's when our channel really picked up because we realized Mm. oh yeah we should actually show the traveling aspect of a travel channel yes (laughs) so that's what that's what happened after the third year and then that's when our channel really picked up yeah and then we just kept improving on that improving on that and then now i suppose there's another full-blown evolution i mean we put on our channel and was like the story of flying the nest. And I had this idea to do like an hour, hour and a half long documentary wrapping up the last five years because I felt like it had come to a close because we were just about to have our baby hunter. And I kind of want to be like, cool, that chapter's done where it's just me and Jess. And then now our channel's evolved. Two things, we've become a family. And the other thing is, well, COVID, like we are making home lifestyle vlog it's a like jumping into the deep end like i could say we know how to make travel vlogs (laughs) thank you (laughs) but this is a whole new thing for us um so it's once again had i would say our channels had at least two or three evolutions um over the course Mm. of the last five years yeah and what's like the process like beforehand do you plan your videos a lot or do you kind of go with the flow yeah so are you talking about travel videos yeah travel videos all the home ones like how does it work do you guys sit down and be like okay this week we're gonna do these things or is it kind of like you go day to day and just pick up the camera so definitely when it comes to the travel videos they're definitely a little bit more planned like we decide what we what we want to show in the video like and choose Mm. the proper restaurants to go to and what sites we want to show and stuff like that but with the home videos it's a lot more relaxed because we are really showing what we're up to yeah i'd say so yeah yeah no and it's not planned out to the bit that it's like scripted it's just okay we want to hit these key points like just say we were in moscow which we were for jess's birthday last year um and we were like okay if you're going to watch a travel vlog on moscow what would you want to know and it's probably want to know like somewhere to you know eat a good place to eat um, some activities to do, like what would somebody want to know? And, you know, Russia has, and Moscow has some of the most beautiful underground train stations in the world. Like you go there and it's an art piece. You feel like you're at the Louvre. So we did something like that. We went into a old Soviet Russian bunker. Of course, you have to like plan and book these things in advance. So to that extent, mm. we plan them. Um, but yes, as Jess was But definitely saying, where we don't really work out what we're going to say until the moment. Because yeah, we want to yeah. keep it natural and make it feel exactly. like... Yeah, we always like having... We always see it as the camera's the third person. So the person watching, we hope, feels like they're with us. Mm-hmm. That's the whole yes. idea yeah. of our videos. It definitely feels like that. I feel like you guys oh, you. are just so good at storytelling. That's what I've noticed just throughout all of your videos. And, like, you've obviously got a course on that, right, Stephen? Oh, thank you so much. Yes, yeah. I think over the last five years, well, even before then, I started editing on Adobe Premiere Pro 2 in, like, 2006. Um, and in school? In school, yeah, when I was first introduced. And, yeah, I didn't do a 
crazy amount of editing, but at least I started learning through there, studied at film school, and then, of course, we've edited, well, I've edited over a thousand videos for YouTube, and that's not even counting, like, Instagram, because we put videos out on there, Facebook out on there as well, so I was just like, there's so much, like, knowledge that I just want to kind of, like, share with people, because, I don't know, I felt like you can go and watch, like, the techniques on how to edit, but I feel like there's more mental things behind it. Why should you make Mm -hmm. this edit? Why should you pick this music? So I said, hey, let's just put out, like, a course, and then um, I... We had like a lot of people sign up to it, um, seen as it's COVID and there's a lot of people have a lot of free time and yeah, a lot of people enjoyed it, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it makes all the difference to a video though, when you can do that. So I really want to do the course under, I just think it seems really (laughs) cool. How do you guys balance everything like between filming, editing and organizing where to travel next? Because yeah, surely that would be quite hard when you're away thinking about where you're going next but also having to be present in the moment yeah so the best part about it is that there's two of us so luckily Mm. I'm the one that's organizing I basically organize the video so I decide what we're going to do what we're going to see where we should stay where we should go while Stephen can then just solely focus on the editing yeah it's like just does everything so I can edit and film but editing is a way bigger job though yeah, I mean, it does, sometimes it can take days and days to finish a vlog. So it's nice to have. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, now Jess is, you know, full-time mum. And then on top of that is all the planning. And yeah, I can do it. You can do it. You're doing good. <laughs> You're doing good so <laughs> far. <laughs> oh, and do you guys have like much structural routine when you're traveling at all? Or is everything like very spontaneous? Or do you kind of, I don't know, do you have kind of a morning routine or anything? Or is it like you film in the morning and then you edit in the afternoon or anything like that? Uh, well, one thing is we're not, we don't really go out much at night. If you actually notice in our videos, we barely film at night. And that's because we way prefer to use all the sunlight hours to film. And then we go and hide mm-hmm. in our hotel room and then edit. And that's kind of our routine. Yeah. But we, we're pretty spontaneous. I'm usually up first um, just because that's when you can get, like, the best light. So I'll go fly the drone. I'll go get some extra B-roll. If something's really cool, maybe I'll vlog a little bit, like, if we're on the beach. Um, and then we'll go back to the room. Um, I'll make, like, Jess a coffee. And then we'll kind of start the day, go have some breakfast. And then we'll just look at what Jess has kind of planned out for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, the example with Moscow, we're like, okay, we're going to go show a place to eat breakfast. We'll head there. Um, we've got our booking for the... Uh, for the bunker at two. So we just need to make sure we're mm. in that area at two. Mm. What else can we fill in between then? And then I suppose, mm. yeah, as soon as the sun goes down, we love taking photos at sunset, um, fly more of the drone or get more B-roll. But then as soon as that sun's down. We're the, back in the room back in doing the room. work. Do you guys take a day off or anything? Or do you, <laughs> do you take the weekends to yourself or do you film every day? So when we were traveling, we'll do every single day. Yeah. And then what we would kind of do actually is we would film maybe in like two or three week blocks and then maybe take a week off so then we can like refresh because I kind of like, we like that. We kind of like the fast paced. We want to keep going. But now that we've been doing home videos, we've been taking, it felt so weird, but we've been kind of taking a day off. Like today was our day off day. And so we just relaxed. Yeah. I've been doing like, have you heard of paint by numbers? (laughs) I have heard of it. I've never done it before, but it's when you like paint little squares that have the numbers, right? Yeah. I love it. And it turns into a, (laughs) and it turns into a whole picture. So today I did that and Steven just played video games and I was like, we would never be able to do this if we were traveling. Cause firstly, how would I be carrying around this big canvas (laughs) And then Stephen's like yeah. playing on his PlayStation. So we're really trying to, en- that's the thing we're trying to enjoy this year because I know once COVID is over, we'll be back mm-hmm. crazy times again. 
and we can't just sit down and paint all day. Yeah. Do you feel like you've kind of slowed down and settled down since having a baby in a way? Yeah, I do think we've been like, we've been really trying to relax and take this time. Yeah, definitely. But then also at the same time, I feel like we've worked so hard this year. Like I think um, what we kind of stopped in March and we kind of moved into this house. We did some renovations around the house and then we kind of (laughs) went and bought furniture, got all that done. And then I suppose um, we worked on like launching a shop, working on the course. Oh, yeah, I forgot all that. We have been like super busy <laughs> um, at the same time. But and I feel like it comes... enjoy time with Hunter as well. Yes, which has been really nice because yeah. we work from home. Like I'm not going out there and, um, you know, necessarily going to an office for nine to five. So it's been really nice mm. to be able to go and see Hunter when she wakes up from a nap. You're but... right. We've been really busy on other projects like starting our podcast and yeah opening up your courses and stuff like that yeah yeah I feel like you guys have just a really good work ethic in a way (laughs) do you have any tips for anyone who's like wanting to work on their work ethic it's all Stephen Stephen you have to give them the tips yeah I don't know I feel like and I explained to Jess I go I can work from like seven in the morning till seven eight p.m at night and still go to bed feeling like I could have done more I think there's just this like and he would have done heaps I don't know I just feel like there's Mm -hmm. this like you know, doom, loom and doom or whatever you want to call it, that what we do could end at any day. And I just would hate to be like, you know, if it ever ended or like our career, you know, being YouTubers ended, that I would look back and regret being like, oh, we shouldn't have taken that time off to to do that work. So I think that's just constantly in my head. The only way I can explain is that when you're at university or school, and you have it like an, an assignment due in just say three or four weeks time, and it's just always there at the back of your head, like you just know yeah. like, oh, no, I can't watch this Netflix show because I should really just be chipping away at that assignment. I have that, but every single day. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, you just can always be doing more. It's really hard to switch off because even when you complete a task, you're like, but I could be doing this as well and working on this new project. It's hard to draw the line because like, I don't know, your success is measurable by how many hours you put in, I find. Yeah, and I mean – it's really inspirational. Of course, we're in the field of doing this type of work, including yourself and us. And you're not just a, like a videographer. You're a videographer, you're an editor, you're a podcaster, you're a sound engineer, you're an accountant, you're a website designer. You're all these hats you have to wear. So if you take one off yeah. that you just finished filming, there's another hat that can easily just be put back on. So I think that's why. And that's just like working for yourself. I'm sure if any um, of your listeners out there who work for themselves, I'm sure they know this feeling that there's just always something. Uh-huh. Like sometimes you do. Yeah. I mean, this is the best job I've ever had in the world, but sometimes you do kind of just wish like you could go to a job from nine to five, you know, just say you're making coffees and then, you know, you can just switch off at five and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm done. There's nothing else to do. But that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I think that's just the fun of what we do. Yeah. What's a day in your life like at the moment, like when you're not, traveling now that you're home do you have kind of a routine that you're sticking to at home yeah I would say we do we wake up in the morning Hunter usually gets us up about 5 30 in the morning so that's usually when our day, <laughs> just, our day starts and, and then, then what do we do play with Hunter have a coffee and then she goes down for her first nap and then that's when the work starts because we try not to work when she's awake so we want to spend all the time with her so then once she's down then you go do emails? Yeah, usually first thing in the morning is emails. Um, just check if there's anything that needs responding to from either the shop or from our manager. Um, and then from there, I don't know if we need a vlog to be filmed or if we need a vlog to be edited. It really see the filming, editing. Yeah, I'd say our early in the week, so like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, would be more focus on filming. 
Yeah. And then Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday would be more focused on editing. Editing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting to know. And I'd love to know also like what's it like working with brands while you're traveling and also while you're at home? Like how do you manage that? Um, so up until about four years into Flying the Nest, we would do everything ourselves. So we'd do the outreach. We would do the negotiating, the contracts, everything like that. Thankful enough, when um, we hit our fourth year, we did have quite a lot of numbers. I think we were at like maybe 1.5 million across everything. Um, so we did wow. um, get in, like a, a manager got in touch with us and was like, hey, would you like me to look after your emails? You're negotiating. And so she pretty much does all that. So she outreaches all the brands. If any emails come in, she answers them for us. She deals with the contracts, mm-hmm. the negotiating. And it's been so nice because it's almost like this, you know, heavy backpack that you can take off. I'm sure if you've like worked with brands before it can be like quite stressful because you believe in the art so much but then at the same time you're like Mm. no I'm worth this amount of money um so you can like kind of sometimes you know devalue your work just because you just want to focus on the art so it's nice to have a separate person that is like no this is what they're worth you take it or leave it type thing and it's just it's really nice because then we just hear once all the negotiating is done and our manager's like hey there's this brand that wants to work with you does it align with like what you guys want to talk about and if we say no then she's like no problems like no no hard feelings and then if it's a yes then we're like awesome so then she sends us the details and what we need to do um and mm. yeah it's amazing it's it's yeah. really helped us out a lot and that was the biggest thing that we were scared of when COVID happened is because before all this we mainly worked with travel brands and then suddenly mm. all that happened and we had just had a baby and I was like wow how are we even going to keep going and that's why we've been yeah. so thankful that some brands have continued to support us even though we are doing lifestyle which has been amazing yeah like we worked with Bunnings mm. Warehouse which I would never have thought to work with when yeah. we were traveling but yeah. now that we're home like those doors have opened up and we've just been so thankful because then when we start traveling again because a lot of our income comes from working with just say tourism boards and creating yeah. stuff not only for us but for them and when that all closed yeah. down that was like really scary so I'm so yeah grateful that there are brands out there that want mm. us to work with us yeah I was gonna ask what it's like like when you're traveling working with brands because I know when when I went to Europe um, almost two years ago I had a few brand deals and they were for physical products so I got them shipped to the hotel and it was a little bit chaotic honestly because it was like I don't know you had to make sure you got the product and then go around and shoot it and yeah, it, it was quite hard, but we got it done. Have you guys experienced anything like that? We've never actually worked with like really physical products besides maybe like a laptop or a camera, which mm-hmm. again, we did get sent to the hotel, didn't we? Um, no, the laptop we had to send to my, this was two, two years ago. The laptop had to be sent to my mom's house and she was luckily coming to travel with us. And then she brought it over. She brought it That's over. Right. But we oh. haven't really worked with too many physical products because usually if we work, work with someone, it might be a literally like the tourism board Canada and so we have to just go there the product is Canada yeah the product (laughs) is the country or the product is the um tour or the hotel exactly where now when we're at home this has been the first time really that we've like had to show off like a product and we're like oh this is kind of cool yeah wow and um what's it like traveling with your partner is what's the best thing about like traveling around together I love it so much just say if I was the one doing YouTube and Jess was at home it would have stopped in the first year mm-hmm. like being away from you for a whole year and then being like oh I'm going traveling again in a month and then I'm gone for six months it wouldn't be possible so it's so nice that I'm able to travel with Jess mm. and it's really fun like I love it so much like you get yeah. to work with kind of like your partner who's also your best friend yes and um you get to experience it 
with someone. Like, it's cool going to see the Eiffel Tower and then you have someone to share, share that memory with, with mm-hmm. and then someone to talk about that memory with later on in life. So mm. it's it's amazing. Yeah. How do you find, like, traveling together, working together and just being together all the time? I that- think it takes a certain type of couple to do that. That's the thing. I always say that because people might always be like, how do you do it? But I don't know why. It just works so well. I think because we have been together for so long. so Maybe we've grown up Mm. together. So it's like, you know, you know each other so well. Like we've kind of had like very similar interests. I mean, of course, Jess has interests very separate to mine. But I mean, it's not like you've met someone, just say you're 20 or you're 22, and then you've met someone who's 22 as well. And Mm. you've had completely different paths for 22 years of your life, and then you're meeting together, and then you're trying to figure each other out. We we know each other so well. Like, I know what annoys Stephen, and he knows what annoys me. (laughs) Thank you. You know, so it's like, and then even with work, we know how to split things. Yeah, I mean, we've been mm-hmm. doing it for five years. We've worked out like, okay, Jess, you do this, I do this. Um, yeah, like I post all of Stephen's Instagram photos for him, <laughs> and then do he, oh. yeah, so then he busy because he's so busy editing all the all the videos. So I just yeah. help run everything else, and now my big job will be looking after Hunter. So then, yeah, he can just focus on his thing, and that's the whole thing. If he can get a vlog done and he's happy with it, then we're we're good. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. And obviously you've made so many memories together and you have so many stories. You actually have a podcast called Stories from Flying the Nest. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Or is it? Yeah, <laughs> we You're always, right. So we always go, is it stories from Flying the Nest, stories by Flying the Nest, stories with Flying the Nest? And you know what? We've Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Decided it can be any of those. Either of them. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, you share so many amazing stories on there. But I wanted to ask you guys, when I ask you the question, what's like the craziest travel story that comes to mind? What comes to mind? Oh, it really depends. Like crazy, crazy dangerous or crazy, crazy cool experience. Crazy is a Maybe big cool word. experience. Like what's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you like a travel story that you want to share? Like what's your go-to? To be honest, last year we went, we were in the Philippines and we just hiked for three days through these incredible rice terraces. We had uh, everything on us. And I mean, that was absolutely amazing. We were hiking through these mm-hmm. thousand year old rice terraces and we'd just stop in a village and you'd stay with a local person he would cook you dinner and then you keep camping you keep walking away and then one night we camped at an active volcano for the night which was really cool um that's a pretty experience experience. that comes to mind is hiking to machu picchu because that took four days and the altitude where how high are you like over four thousand meters up 
So you, we always yeah. say we felt like we were walking like zombies because you're not getting enough oxygen in, right? So you can't like mm-hmm. just – you're not as active as normal. So when they're walking like zombies all day long and then you'd set up your tent and you'd camp and then it took four days yeah. to get there and that was a pretty epic experience. It's so hard to explain it to Australians because we don't really have altitude here, but you're just but when it so hits you, it's crazy. slow and drowsy and you have no energy and you're hiking. Like, you're literally walking like a terrible zombie movie. You can't (laughs) get any sort of pace at all because there's just not enough oxygen getting to you. I need to go watch those vlogs. They're they're good. You vlogged that, right? Yeah, we vlogged that. That's in Peru and the same place as well. We stayed two nights in the Amazon. And one night we decided to do like a walk through the Amazon jungle at night and you just have torches. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you just Mm -hmm. turn your torch and you just see, oh, the guide says, that's a uh, bird-eating spider. And it's this massive spider. Oh, my gosh. So many amazing stories. And, like, you found out you were pregnant when you were overseas as well. What was that like? Yeah, so that was last September. I was in Venice. And, mm. yeah, I took a pregnancy test and it said yes. And it was so cool to experience it in, in Italy. Like, to celebrate, we went yeah. out and had gelato and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the funny and, thing uh, is you took a like? Polish Oh, that's right. I did. So I took a – because I bought the pregnancy test in Poland and then the next day we went over to Italy. So it was all in Polish. So I didn't even know what I was doing or anything. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How do you keep things like a surprise when you're together all the time as well? Like how did you surprise Stephen at the time? Well, so, yeah, so usually I wait for him to have to go because usually he's the one that wants to go get milk for his coffees. So I, because he loves his coffee. So I'm like, if we don't get the milk, Stephen's going to be like, oh my gosh, I want to have a coffee. I need my milk. And so I just waited until there was a time where he was like, I'm going to go out and get milk. And I was like, yes, I'm going to quickly film this. And that was probably the only time I've ever been able to surprise him besides two weeks ago when I surprised him for his birthday, which is way easier to surprise people at home rather than when you're traveling. Yeah. And how was like traveling being pregnant? Were there any challenges with that? So I was really lucky. I had a very easy pregnancy. So I never really had morning sickness or any joint pain or anything. So I think I was, I traveled up to, I was 32 weeks pregnant. Yeah. And how many countries did I go to? Like 14 or something. 14, I think while pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just didn't feel that different. It was just every week my belly kind of got bigger. You're a great trooper. (laughs) So good. I mean, yeah, speaking of like, you know, we were in Canada just before we came home and that was freezing cold and we were just walking, hiking through glaciers and Jess was such a trooper. She's like, this is just too cool of an experience. I can't just wait in the car, whatever, I'm going. Like she was just. (laughs) I didn't do anything risky, but I, yeah, I definitely enjoyed myself while I, because I also knew it was the last time that Steve and I were ever going to be able to travel just the two of us. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to like take it all in while I could. It's so weird because we didn't know about covid back then as well so obviously you came back home and then you had the baby and then no so what happened actually was we went so when we got home i was 30 weeks pregnant and then we went on a road trip around australia i mean around western australia and the Mm -hmm. next day when we came home it was when everything went into lockdown like i don't know if you noticed but in wa we got segmented like you couldn't leave perth you couldn't go down to albany you couldn't go anywhere and we were in esperance and we were like we need to get home tomorrow or we're not getting home (laughs) yeah so we yeah so we drove straight home and then the next day we were kind of in the lockdown and that's when we moved into our house I was pregnant I think for three two or three more months before I actually had Hunter and Mm. so I basically had her during the whole COVID thing so when I was in labor for the first nine hours Stephen wasn't allowed to be in the room with me so I had to labor Mm. by myself for nine hours and then he was allowed to come in because he had to be certain Mm. 
amount dilated and then he came in. Yeah. So yeah, so it was she very went through interesting. Like, all the pain by herself. Yeah, it was a really interesting yeah. experience. Wow, you're so brave, honestly. <laughs> she is. Like, that's a big thing. Thanks. And then, what was it like? What is it like traveling with a baby now? You've got a baby. I know. Yes, yeah, so we've been on three trips with her so far. Her first one, she was six weeks old. Yeah, six weeks. And old, we went yeah. on a, like a little two-hour road trip down south, and she basically slept for the whole two days because she was so little. And that was actually quite good. It was cute. It? Yeah, she was <laughs> just like passed out the whole time. We were celebrating Aww. our wedding anniversary, and I was like, "Oh, we have to go somewhere," so we did that. And then after yeah. that, we were like, "Okay," so that went well. So then the next one, we were like, "Let's do a plane." So we flew up to Broome, and it was only an hour and a half flight, so that was easy. And luckily, again, she slept the whole flight, and that was really when we got a taste of what it was like to travel with her. And I do think that Hunter is a little we call our little adventure baby because she she prefers if we leave the house like she she gets gets bored in the house like how are you bored in the house and you're four months (laughs) (laughs) and you're four months old so she loves it like if we go to the shops she's happy if we go to the beach yeah, she loves it. We have, I can notice if we spend one day at home, she just gets so bored. And then she's yeah. definitely your child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's ready. She wants the state borders to open up. <laughs> That's so good that she also sleeps as well, like really well when you're traveling around. Like, because I, I was watching your vlog when you were doing the road trip. You're like, yeah, she's just sleeping now. And like, I'm just like, oh, she's she just, just loves it. She's like me. She loves her sleep. Yeah, you do love oh. your sleep. I'll second that. <laughs> oh. How was your road trip as well? Like, what was that like? Because I really want to do something similar where, like, you hire out a camper van and drive around Australia. So when I saw that, I was like, I really want to do that. We loved it so much. And now we're, like, itching to do that as well. Yeah, we'd love to just drive around Australia if we could. Like, that just sounds so much fun. Highly suggested. Like, WA is a massive state. I mean, just to get... That's the one thing. You need a lot of time because we really... So, basically, the surprise for Stephen was to go swim with the humpback whales in Exmouth. But we only had, like, Mm. two or three days to get there. And it is such a long drive. So, I would definitely say to her, pace yourself out rather than do it as quick as we did. But it was still so amazing. Yeah, I'd say you need Mm -hmm. at least a month. And that's just not everyone saying, oh, you need, like, a month to explore it properly. I think you do just to enjoy it because it's humongous mm. to get up around mm. i know how much driving did you do you would have done a lot like <laughs> yeah. in one day so, wait, so yeah one day i think we did like maybe nine hours of driving yeah oh wow we did 2500 oh kilometers by the time we took the car back wow it looked so beautiful though and like how was swimming with the the whales <gasps> so that was crazy because you're actually meant to only be 30 meters away from them and then when Stephen's yeah. group jumped in the water, you're only allowed up to seven people. So seven people in the water and they see this humpback and for some reason it started coming up to them. And how close did it get to you, Steve? 30 centimetres. And the crazy thing is, <laughs> crazy, right? I, I don't know if this news makes it over to the East Coast, but it did make it here in Perth. Um, someone yep. got hit by the tail and they had to be flown from Exmouth all the way down God. to Perth on the Royal Perth Flying Doctor, and the doctor said it was the equivalent of being hit by a bus. So they had in, internal injuries, and, and I was had no 30 idea. centimetres away from that tail as well. Could this like, have been the same whale? I like, don't know. Maybe don't it's know. this one same whale water? that's getting way too but close to It people. wasn't aggressive because it showed us its tummy, and it's kind of like, you know, if a cat shows you its tummy or dog shows you its yeah. tummy, it's it, it means it's very calm. It's just a wild animal like it showed us its tummy and then mm. went to swim I guess it away. just shows the risk when you are swimming with these wild but animals. it was amazing yeah. though. Like, like the best wildlife oh, encounter we've ever had yeah 
Yeah, that's so cool. I've actually swam with um, great white sharks, but it was in like a cage. cage. It, was, it was so cool to see you guys like not in a cage or anything. Where did you do that? In Port Lincoln. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, we did that in South Africa. It was Africa. amazing. Yeah, was it really good? It was good, but the water was freezing. Yeah, because it's it's getting the um water <sighs> from Antarctica, so it's so like cold. It was even cold in Port Lincoln. Yeah, like, I was just <laughs> using the like the little scuba thing. Like I was like, I don't know how to breathe with this because yeah. I was in so much shock from the cold. <laughs> but such an experience that everyone has to do. Um, and so how has it been like being back in Perth and just yeah being home? I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. So many people ask us this question because we travel the world for our job now and they say, oh, so where would you live if you could pick anywhere in the world? You've been to so many cities like London, New York. Would you get a place in Italy? And I think it's just realized how much we love Perth. It's such a little sleepy town. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Like we don't really have traffic. Like you can go down to the beach. It's not crowded. You can go to the shops. It's fine. You can go to your favorite cafe and I think we really appreciate Perth and just love it so much because, you know, for the last five years, we've just been trying to leave Perth as, Perth as much as possible. But then you come back and you just open your eyes like, wow, home is beautiful. Like Perth is just incredible. And another cool thing as well is that we've never lived in our own place. So we've either lived with our parents or we've traveled and stayed in Airbnbs and hotels and stuff. So this year was the first time we ever actually moved into our own home. So we actually purchased a property and that has been so special because it's the first time we've ever been able to buy furniture and like decorate and stuff. So that was, it's really yeah. fun. Speaking mm-hmm. of the very first question of the podcast, Jessica, what did you buy last week? I bought our very first Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what color did you get? Green. Yeah. Green. Oh, yeah, lovely. green. You know how you were like saying you a standard tree. You know how you were yeah, saying like you were worried about going to the shops because it's going to be so busy for Christmas. Uh, we went and got our Christmas tree and the guy says, these are going to sell out. I have 12 Christmas trees. We went and got ours from Myers, and he's like, these will sell out and then we won't have Christmas trees. And people will come in December when they think it's the time to buy a Christmas tree and they will be sold out for the season. Because I think no one can travel. So I think they just really want a good Christmas. Get prepared, yeah. people. Some people already have it up. I've seen it I in know. like the background of videos and stuff. So, you know. Maybe you should do that next. I, Don't I would give love Jess that. ideas. I was telling him, can we put it up at least in the middle of November? Yeah, I'll It's like that. the one year that you're allowed to have it a couple of weeks early at least. Oh, I feel like November's acceptable. Okay, good. That's just one month before. Okay, good. After that makes Halloween. you feel good. Agreed. Um, so now I want to talk about like advice questions. So um, my first question is, do you have any tips for someone who wants to travel full time? Like, for example, any budgeting tips, airlines to go with, how to book accommodation and like what time of year and dates are best to travel on? Yeah, so our biggest advice for anyone that wants to save up for travel, what we did is we would get our income for the week and, of course, pay the bills that you need to pay. And then we'd put $50 aside um, to spend on whatever and everything else would go into savings because we worked out that if you just say one week, put everything into savings and you don't spend, you don't get your coffee, you don't like buy a new outfit or anything, in a few weeks' time, you kind of just binge your savings. It's Mm kind of like when you try to diet and if you don't have a cheat week, 
you just everything falls to pieces. So if you put $50 aside that you can spend on anything, you don't have to feel bad about spending that $50, then it, you feel more comfortable putting more into savings. Um, so that worked for us and we managed to save up enough to go traveling full time for a year. Um, and then for accommodation, we love Airbnb. And I feel like that's where you can find some really unique accommodations. And a lot of the times I might just Google unique accommodation in like Google helps so much. If you just Google unique accommodation in Switzerland, lists come up and that's where I get a lot of my ideas from because one of our favorite things to do when we travel is to stay in really unique quirky places that you might not think of. So I think that's always fun when you travel to look that up. And I think Airbnb is great for budgeting because one, it's generally cheaper than a hotel, especially if you are traveling with somebody else because you're just splitting that. But also you have a kitchen, you have a washing machine. Hotels don't give you kitchens and then you end up eating out and food can be one of the biggest expenses. I mean, if you can just go to the shops and do like a grocery shop like you're at home, you would save so much more money. And then you can just choose the certain types of restaurants that you go to because like, of course, you do want to go and eat out when you're traveling. But I feel like if you balance it, then that helps. And then, of course, like with airlines, usually depending how comfortable or uncomfortable you want to be. I mean, you can get pretty cheap flights these days. We just use Skyscanner. And actually, if you have a lot of flexibility, you can use the function that's called everywhere. No, any, what is it? What was the function again? I think it's the everywhere function. Yes. So then just that you're in Prague, you can click everywhere. Yeah, you click everywhere and it will say, just say if you're in Europe, it'll say Prague to everywhere. And so then just say if the cheapest place is Germany, then you can fly to Germany for cheap. Like it tells you what's the cheapest place to go to from where you are. Does that make sense? Like if you just don't have a plan, oh, you're like, sorry. I don't really know where I want to go. and you just Yeah, can't. so just say if you are leaving from Perth, then you can say Perth to anywhere. I think it's anywhere. <laughs> Perth to anywhere that and then it so might, yeah. Know. Yeah, is that how you plan a lot of the places that you're going? Do you go on there just to see, or did you back in the day maybe? That's how we did a lot of planning. Or just say if we knew we were going to go to Europe, we would use that function and then just from that be like, oh, we should go to that country, then that country, then that country, because that's like the cheapest way we can do it. Yeah, we did that when we were in Russia. My... We knew we were going to leave from Moscow and Jess was like, oh, the cheapest flight. is it's to Nice. Sea. And I was like, let's go to Nice. <laughs> my friend was saying that like this, there's days of the week that are cheaper to purchase flights and things like that. She said something like Wednesdays apparently are the cheapest day. Do you know if that's true? Yeah, so I don't know. I've never worked anything like that out. Yeah. Another another function yeah. though that I do use on Skyscanner is that instead of choosing a date, you can just choose the month and then it will highlight the cheapest day of that month. But because we've got so, yeah. we have so much flexibility, that works well for us as well. And of course, like school holidays, yeah. always going to be the most expensive. Yeah, we never try to travel during school holidays. And um, do you have any packing advice for when you're wanting to travel for a long period of time? I think limit your outfits. Like that's what I've learned is you don't need your 30 or 40 outfits. Just choose maybe, we try and choose a week worth of clothes because then at least, and then you can just re-wear them the next week. And then, yeah, I mean, shirts you can easily wear twice when you're like traveling and then. And then the rest we wash. So the way we wash our clothes, if people are interested in that, is that if we can't find any washing machines, I just dump them all into a bathtub and we call it the stomp. So we just put water in the bathtub. And then you buy just those little um, cubes. A little like sachet of washing washing liquid. liquid, And I put it in and then I just stomp on all our clothes and then hang it up. And I'm like, that's fine. Very time efficient. 
you just got to do what you got you can do to survive sometimes (laughs) exactly and so do you have any tips for jet lag or adjusting to the different time zones it's like been a while i can't even remember now (laughs) like wait what do we do i think the thing is is just forcing to get yourself up it, it, it also is worse depending on which way you're flying. Yeah. I think if you fly to America, you just get – sometimes you just don't know how to deal with it because you're just going <laughs> mm-hmm. that way with the clock. But I think you just need to wake up, drink a lot of water, and just try and survive. Stay awake all day. Until at least mm-hmm. 6 o'clock, which can be painful. And, and then, then tr- go to bed. Go to bed. Because that's the thing, you ruin it for yourself. So if you like wake up early and then you're trying to stay awake to get through the jet lag and it gets to 3 p.m. and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just have a little nap. Then you go to sleep and you wake up and it's 4 a.m. the next day. And then you've ruined your little cycles. Before we jump on the flight, we try and start living like the time zone we're about to go to. Like if we're flying to LA and just say it's like 8 p.m. in Perth, we'll change it to LA. And if it's 8 a.m. in LA, we stay awake on the plane. We need to stay awake on the plane. And so also, do you have any tips for adapting to a new culture? Like, do you guys do a lot of research before you go to a new country? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Jess is quite good at that. Usually it's more a focus on the females with the dressing. Like, that's what we Well, it depends on the country you go to. No, of course, depends. Like, I mean, if you're going to very, like, I don't know, America, England, France, all those type of countries, you're usually quite fine. But I suppose if you're going to countries like... But it's good to know the etiquette, like just saying Japan, like you Mm. want to learn the etiquette, like you're really good at that. Like because you want to be really polite there, and then when they bow, you bow and stuff like that. So we do look it up. Like, what are the? Yeah, I'd say yeah. Just just to have a quick Google. Just say, is there any um, etiquette, or if there's any dress code I should think about? Like, of course, if you're heading to Egypt, some something like that, Jess needs to if she's going out to the markets, usually wear like a bit of a headscarf. It's just being respectful because, of course, you're traveling to their country. That's um, the thing I always recommend as well, like learning a few words before you go, which we try and do, like how to say hi and thank you, because it goes a long way. If they hear you saying thank you in their language, like it's so much Definitely. nicer. Yeah. And you guys use Google Translate a bit, don't you? I think I heard you talk about that in your podcast. Yeah, we do. So we love if we find someone who doesn't speak English at all, we love having a conversation with them and we just use Google Translate. And what's cool, it actually has a function where you can talk into it. So they just talk into it and then it will speak it out in English and then we talk into oh, it and it will speak it out into their language. Oh, Google yeah. Translate is amazing. It's so good. It even has in the camera app of the Google Translate, you can hold it up and it will translate live to you what it's saying in text. Because That's how we read menus. Because me and Jess, we don't eat meat oh, really? and usually when you go trampoline, everything is meat. So we just want to try and find a dish that we can eat and we just hold up the camera app in Google Translate and it will just show you... It what it actually says. Sometimes it's not the best translation. It's quite funny, but you kind of get the idea of what it says because it's yeah. live. Oh, my gosh. So, so cool. That's a little hack. And then my final advice-related question is, do you have any advice for someone who might want to become a travel vlogger like you guys? Oh, I suppose right now it might be a little bit hard to become a, a specifically <laughs> travel vlogger. We're not even travel vloggers right now. But in the future. But in the future. Well, the first thing we always say is do it because we even thought when we started, we were like, oh, is it too late? There's already a couple of people on there. People are watching them. But you just just start. Just start. I think the biggest thing I think is, yeah, right now people think it's so oversaturated YouTube. We thought it was back then. I mean, when we started, it was like, you know, Fun for Louie and Hey Nadine were kind of the, and Ben Brown were kind of like the travel people. And you're like, oh, well, 
that's it all sorted. And but I feel it, like there's always room for more people. I always say it's the the analogy I always use is like the pop star analogy. Not that we think we're pop stars, but in the sense of imagine if someone said to Ariana Grande, "We have Britney Spears." you don't need to become a pop star. Like, people just listen to her. But look, you know, people listen to Britney Spears. People listen to Ariana Grande. It's not a pie that is just slowly getting taken Mm. away. It's just, you know, there's always room for more vloggers. I'm sure in the future we won't be doing this. Um, You know, you just never know. And then there'll be someone Mm. new. And if we didn't start five years ago, we might not be chatting to you on the podcast right now. And someone that could be wanting to start a YouTube channel who's listening to this podcast... If you just start right now, you just never know where you'll be in five years' time. I know. It just changes so fast. That's the thing. Like a new thing pops up. Like every single every single year there's a new social media platform, it feels like. So I feel like there's an opportunity for everyone. But now I want to go into some quick fire questions. And I was really inspired by your last podcast episode. So just to give you guys some context, they did an episode where they discussed their favorite countries. So they did kind of like a quiz where they put one country against the other and then narrowed it down to their favorite. And then what was the favorite? It ended up being Turkey, but it was on a paper, scissors, rock. Yes. Um, versus Japan. Japan is yep. a very big favorite of mine. So it was basically a tie between Japan and Turkey. Oh, I've never been to either of them. So you've convinced me to go. <laughs> I really want to go now. Uh, put but Turkey yeah, on your bucket list. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was really inspired by that. So I wanted to do a quick fire where I just ask you some questions about travel and you just have to answer them really quickly. Okay. Best country for a summer holiday? Greece. <laughs> oh, well, you're quick. Um, Just what I'm feeling like right now? Right now. Fiji. Fiji. Love it. Best country for a winter holiday? Finland. Canada. I'd say Finland too. Yeah, you went to the Santa's <laughs> Village as well. Yeah, it's the best. It's so oh my good. gosh, most it's magical so place good. ever. I know. We talk about that for ages. I just feel like you and I um, can't have the same answers. I'm trying to think of something different. Oh, oh no. <laughs> just say what comes to heart. Okay. And then country with the friendliest people. Fiji. Fiji is, but um, I find the Maoris in New Zealand to be insanely friendly okay. as well. Just to be different. <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? Um, country with the best accommodation. Oh, good question. The Maldives. The Maldives, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What Overwater bungalows. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're thankful enough that we were able to stay at this hotel in the Maldives and it had a 24 hour ice cream room, 24 hour chocolate room, 24 hour sushi room, 24 hour cheese room, 24 hour wine room. But I suppose that's just a cellar. <laughs> <laughs> and then our roof opened up and so you could lie in your bed and watch the stars. Oh my gosh, what yeah. an experience. Oh, so no. like That's on everyone's bucket list. Like, I want to go to the Maldives. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, next question. Country with the best activities. Oh, Ooh, New Zealand has a lot of activities. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because yeah, so they, invented so, they invented bungee jumping there. Like the little, they invented the little boat that goes vroom on the water. A jet boat thing. Jet boat yeah. thing. A lot of adventure activities yeah. there. Oh, interesting. Hopefully we'll be able to go there soon as well. Yeah, like travel. that'll probably be the first place to yeah. open up. So I've never been there either. So, you know. <gasps> Well, Jacinda is sending people to Australia, so I don't know why we can't send people over there. Oh, really? I didn't know that. It's like a one-way travel bubble at the moment. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, interesting. The next question is best country to go to on a budget? Any any Southeast Asian country, do you yeah, think? Yeah, it depends like what your style is. Um, Thailand is really good. Of course, Bali, if you're from Perth, you've probably Cambodia, Vietnam. Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Like all those type one. of areas, I would say. India. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the opposite question, which is best country to go to without a budget. Maldives, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I thought that too. Yeah. yeah. And then the country with the best nightlife. Oh, we're not very nightlife nightlife people. What would you say, Steve? <laughs> Peru, because it was cool going out at night to the to the Amazon jungle. (laughs) Oh yeah, or night markets. uh, What about night markets? Taiwan had really good night markets. Actually, let's say Taiwan. But we're we're not those people saying like best nightclub to get drunk at. No, we're saying best. No, the question is best night markets, and we'll say Taiwan. (laughs) (laughs) Like the atmosphere at night, though. You know what I mean? Like it's just like I feel like some places just have a really nice nightlife in a way. Like lots of people are about, and they like stay up really late. I yeah, true. So We're bad. so we have no idea. We have no clue. So next question: country with the best beaches. Oh, can I say Australia? Yeah, Australia, hundred percent. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, Australia, Australia has amazing beaches. Yeah, uh, it and sounds so bad. We've been to a country and they're like, "This is the best beach in the world," and we go and we're like, "Uh, uh-uh, Perth." <laughs> so, good. so you say Perth? Out of no, no, in Australia. No, 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 all of Australia. All of Australia. We've been to oh, really good beaches in a bunch of states. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And best country for a road trip? The US is pretty good say for the a road US. trip. It's, US, Canada. Because mm-hmm. so, it's such a big country with so much diversity. I'd love to say Australia, but US just has so much more diversity. Like you well, can see mountains, you can see beaches, you can see concrete And also city. in Australia, you kind of have to drive sometimes like 10 hours to see anything. Yeah. Where at least in the US, yeah. you know, there's population all over. Yeah. So drive a lot 10 of... hours and you're in another state. Yeah. Maybe even two more states. Yeah. Yeah. This is giving me a good insight. And then the last quick fire question is best place or country to do volunteer work? Oh, good question. Really good question. I mean, that comes down to what our favorite volunteer project was, I mm. think. Probably um, Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica. So there we volunteered with orphan sloths and we also released mm. a five one day we released 500 baby sea turtles into the wild. That's wow. It's a really cool place for wildlife. So if you're into wildlife volunteering, I'd say Costa Rica. Yeah. Have you guys done a lot of volunteering around and about? Yeah. You yeah. know, like second and third year of flying the nest, we did a lot of volunteering. I think we've been through mm. 80 plus volunteer projects, like insane amount of volunteering. Really? Yeah. We just loved it. It's yeah. so nice because it kind of felt... 80? No. Yeah. <laughs> It's something like that. I've got the list. What? <laughs> I think because oh, like wow. we would go and stay at these insane hotels in the Maldives for work and then we just wanted to give back. So then we would go and... Yeah, like so in the Maldives we stayed at that really, really cool hotel and then the week after that we stayed on this really isolated island where we helped injured sea turtles. So just say if they were missing a flipper or something like that. We would rehabilitate them back into the wild. And then one day we got to release one once they were mm-hmm. ready. And so we, yeah, we really liked to try and balance... Balance doing some cool stuff and then giving back stuff. Yeah. No, oh, I love that. I want to do that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, so there are all the quick fire questions. I feel like that was very <laughs> that was insightful fun. just to kind of 
get to know your favorite country for different things. But what's next for you guys? Where will you be traveling next? And yeah, what's next for you personally and business-wise? So at the moment where we live in Western Australia, the borders are closed. So I feel like the first thing we're going to do is once they open is go to Queensland because that's where all my family live because none of them have been able to meet Hunter. So oh my gosh. yeah, I know it really sucks. That and she's like so special though. Like it's their first grandchild and she's now about yeah. to turn five months and they still haven't met her. So I feel like the first thing we'll do is go to Queensland and then probably travel around Australia until the borders open and then we really want to go to Europe. Yeah, I think yeah. it. our plans really depends on what happens with COVID really in Australia. and We've learnt at the moment not to make plans because then otherwise we kind of feel a little bit down. Yeah, so like the, next yeah. month we were meant to go to South Africa. My auntie was getting remarried and we had to cancel that, which was not the best feeling. And it's going to be a massive family reunion. Mm. We'd booked to stay at safaris and like take Hunter on a first safari. And oh, um, you make me sad talking about it. <laughs> I know. So, oh. so at the moment, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. But when it does happen, when yeah. everything opens up, and hopefully we can have a vaccine or something like that, then we will um, be back on the road full time. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, you live in such a beautiful place as well, and it's so huge. So it's it, like you can do so much. Exactly. And yeah, what's next for you, like business and personal wise as well? Mm. Um, I mean, business. We have a cool, some cool things coming up that we can't share just yet. I've been yeah. working on something really cool. Secret project. It's, it's like a dream it. project for me. It feels like such OG YouTube. Like I have a secret. Project. I just don't want to say it just yeah. in case something falls through. Yeah, that's I'll be the so thing. Like, sad. That's the thing. It's like I don't like telling people what's happening until it's like a hundred percent happening. It was just like when Stephen mm-hmm. was making his course. He'd been thinking about mm-hmm. that for two years. So I'm like, imagine if two years ago he told them it was coming and then it took two years. So that's yeah. why we yeah. always just wait until it's like more finalized. But there are very exciting things happening very soon. So, yeah. Stay I'm so sorry we don't <laughs> yeah. get any sort of scoops. People will be excited just hearing yeah. that, I feel like. There's like maybe oh, three so or four exciting. exciting projects. That's what we'll say. There are? <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. What are they? Yeah. I don't even remember. <laughs> I'll tell you over dinner. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I can't wait to find out. And so where can everyone find you? Plug all of your socials. Okay. Well, we've just started a podcast ourselves. Stories from Flyness, as you mentioned. Oh, you're <laughs> so you. kind. Thank you so much. I love um, it. That's found on where all good podcasts are found. found. (laughs) And then we have a YouTube channel called Flying the Nest. So if you just search that, you'll find us. And then on Instagram, I'm at Hey It's Jess Valentine. And I'm at Stephen Parry Valentine. And then there's at Flying the Nest as well. We have like we have three Instagrams. Um, That's it. Oh, and then we have a a blog, FlyingTheNest.tv. Just search Flying the Nest. I think everything maybe should pop up, hopefully. Yeah, you do so many different things. Well, I loved chatting to you guys and picking your brains and you're just so inspiring to me and it just really inspired me to travel, obviously, once borders open again. Like, I just love your story and I can't wait to see what's next for you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, Thank you so much for having us. Really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and that it maybe inspired you. Make sure to go and check out Stephen and Jess. They are just the most down to earth people and I loved chatting to them. Also, if you want to see more from me, make sure to head over to our Instagram, which is just the Inspired Mind podcast and my personal Instagram, which is just Ella underscore Victoria with two A's. I also have a YouTube channel where I vlog my daily life and if you want to support the podcast it would mean the world if you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and maybe share this episode with a friend or on your Instagram stories it means so so much to me but I hope this episode inspired you guys and I'll speak to you guys in my next one bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.